0: We talking shit, baby Every episode, I promise you, was lit, baby Every week, get some shit you can't miss, baby Dylan Bob, still a vibe Podcast game solidified, no cap All fact like a snapper Stream us on that Spotify or Apple tap in Rollercoaster ride, strap in We gon' take you for a ride, just take this shit and stride All topics, sport the current event Tell me who more current than this Luck with the mother shows this the best one. Your sister and your brother knows. We talking shop. We talking shop. We talking shit, baby. We talking shop. We talking shop. We talking shit, baby. Sh- sh- baby. Sh- baby. We talking shop. We talking
1: shop. We talking shit, baby. We talking shop. We talking shop. We talking shit, baby. Yes, sir. Talking shop, episode eighty-five. I am your host, Bobby Hall, and with me, as always. My call is Dylan Savage. Dylan, what's going on, man? What
2: is going on, Bobby? Another awesome episode we have for RTSP listeners out there. Thank you for tuning in, as always, for another Sunday episode. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Show us the love at TalkingShotPod. Uh, we're going to get this one opened up right away with some Browns talk. Uh, we have a first-time guest from CLE Sports Talk on Twitter, that is. Uh, Cleveland Sports Writer. You can follow him on Twitter as well, M E L S B twelve. That's going to be Romel Thorpe. How are you doing,
1: Romel?
0: Yeah, I'm here. Nice to meet you guys.
1: Yes, sir. The Thanks pleasure is ours. I really appreciate start. it. it um fun. excited to talk about some Browns. Me and me and Dylan have been uh, lifelong fans and uh it's been really excited to uh you know see some legitimacy this year from these guys. So I'm very stoked to uh to have you on with us today.
0: Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah, so Rommel, what got you into, uh, I guess, writing in general, and then uh, I guess into the Cleveland sports writing scene?
0: Well, um, originally, I was a player, been a player all my life, Um, had family in the NFL, and uh, just wanted to, you know, like most players you see in the NFL, just wanted to do something after football was over with. And uh, it actually started in my sophomore year. I was going to Cuyahoga Community College and I, my editor at the time, uh, Sarah, she was like, we need to have a, a good sports story. Can you figure something out? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, here's a question. Why don't we have a football team? So uh, I that was actually my first big publication as far as sports writing went. And then I branched out into the adult amateur slash semi-pro world. And I started writing for local teams here in Cleveland. And it just went from there. And I saw, I was actually checking my Twitter one day in between uh, trying to advertise for my own podcast, fourth and 15 with Melvin smooth. And I saw Zach Chevron, who had Cleveland sports talk and he had posted, he was looking for writers and I was like, okay, couldn't hurt to reach out. So I reached out to Zach He reached back and we, I sent him a, I sent him a a writing sample and he was like, I'd like to have you on board. I've been here past couple months and it's been a great ride so far. And I I can't say anything, but I'm blessed. I'm happy to be where I am right now as far as my writing is concerned. We got a great podcast and it's just, it's just a good time to do something positive in the sports world
2: yeah and what a time to do it definitely 2020 has been a year hopefully to forget um but not a year to forget for the browns as we are starting the season 4 and 1 uh, going into Pittsburgh this weekend and this is i mean i i'm 25 i say i'm i was born in 95 browns fan since 94 and never in my life have seen the browns start off a season this way first time probably ever seeing them go into Heinz field and with I know it's early in the season, but with so much anticipation, um, it feels like a playoff game.
0: Well, technically it is, because uh, if you look at the dynamic, um, Browns and the Steelers are both fighting for second place, essentially, because we know with Lamar Jackson and the way that Baltimore is looking right now, even though they lost to Kansas City, they still have a stranglehold on the division. So uh, it it doesn't hurt to fight for second place in that scenario, especially when you know...
2: Yeah, it looks like cut out, lost connection. But like I was saying, like Bobby, you you agree with me there as far as like this this feels like a like a football like a, like a playoff game.
1: Um. Yeah. 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 Can I mean, you guys they're, hear me they're now? going, they're going into. Uh, he's back. You, got, you back with us? Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we absolutely. got you. Right um. Go ahead and uh, start back. Uh, your your original statement there. We didn't we didn't catch any of that.
3: Oh well, I was saying with um it's a great time to be a browns fan. I personally I'm a Steelers fan, but I I have to pay attention to what's really going on in the football world and what's going on is that there's literally a fight for second place in the division right now. I mean, you look at Baltimore and Baltimore is just unbelie- playing unbelievably well. I mean, granted they lost to Kansas City, but you know, it's Kansas City. Um so in that respect, it it doesn't hurt for the Browns or the Steelers to fight for second place in the division because second place in the division might actually lead to a better seeding when playoff time comes. So I, I, I'm ex- I I'm actually excited for this game, to be honest, because you haven't seen both teams come in with winning records in a very long time. And I'm curious to see how this game plays out, even though, you know, the, the reality of it is Pittsburgh is going to have a lot on their hands going into Sunday and so are the Browns because when you look at the tail of the tape, both teams are pretty well defensively and offensively is it, it, I, it looks like it might be a shootout, but you know, it's, it's Brown Steelers. So anything could happen. It could turn into a defensive game really quickly.
1: Um, And it kind of looks like, cause we were looking at the, the injury reports before we came on here and both teams are, are kind of beat up a little bit too. So it kind of sucks that, we won't see these guys at uh you know 100% full strength but either way um yeah it's been a, a very long time since you know this game has actually um legitimately mattered i mean it's always mattered you know in a rivalry sense but um usually it's just you know Steelers coming into town or vice versa and the Steelers just beating up on cleveland but um things seem to be going a different way this year plus you know they got the whole storyline of 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 Miles Miles Garrett and um you know his first time Going up against Pittsburgh uh, since the whole incident with Mason Rudolph and that that whole deal last last season, so um, there's just a lot surrounding this game. Um, not only between those teams, but I'm sure the other teams uh, in in the AFC, um, you know, Titans, even like Raiders, probably cold still um, are, are watching this game and see what's going on too because that that um, that seventh seed, um, I feel like a lot of teams are going to be going after.
3: Well, you know what? To be honest, I don't even think the Browns are headed for the seventh seed. Uh, If you look at the schedule, you know, the first four games of the season were against either divisional opponents or traditional uh, uh, cross-conference rivals, which are Dallas, uh, Washington, you know, you got New York. You still got the rest of the NFC East coming up with New York and Philadelphia. So in my opinion... The Browns are a team nobody wants to play right now. You you look at it and the Browns are going into this game against Pittsburgh, averaging 37 points a game. Can anybody within the last 30 years, because I'm 34, so within the last 30 years, can anybody tell me when was the last time the Browns actually averaged that many points a game? You know, and, and defensively, they lead the league in turnovers and turnover margin. Cleveland is looking like a scary team to play right now. And and this is the part of the schedule where I was just talking about this with my co-host. I told him before the season started, if the Browns can survive the first half of their schedule, I honestly see them having a high seed in the playoffs just because the only other team standing in their way in a division outside of Pittsburgh is Baltimore. And if you know, if the Browns can get past Baltimore round two and Pittsburgh round one, they're looking very well headed for either the division or, a I'd say a fourth or fifth seed, depending on how everybody else plays.
1: Sure. Yeah. And like you said, after the Steelers, I think I've seen it was, we get the Bengals the following week Raiders, then it's a bye week and we might luck out and get Nick Chubb back after that bye week, if not probably the week after. And, um, yeah, we got Philly. I know we play both New York teams back to back, which is like, man, that's the football gods throwing us a bone right there. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, and I'm trying to remain level-headed. I think I, I was like a lot of Browns fans uh, last season, thinking, you know, punch our ticket to Miami, but you know, after uh, the off-season we had, so I'm trying to kind of keep things even keel and see what what happened. But, um, so far, this is uh, this team's definitely exceeded. Uh, all expectations for me and probably a lot of other people
3: well yeah they have because you know traditionally when you have a first year head coach in kevin Stefanski, you tend to have problems you saw it with freddie kitchens last year freddie tried to do too much as a head coach you know you had arguably the best offensive head uh offensive coordinator in the nfl in todd munkin who's now at georgia and you don't let him do his job. You just took you put too much pressure on yourself. With Kevin Stefanski, you know it's a different thing. He's mellow. He's relaxed. You know he takes time to assess the situation, which is something that the Browns haven't had in a while, as far as head coaching is concerned. And you know you still have pieces. Yes, Nick Chubb is down, but Nick Chubb is not out, and you still have Kareem Hunt, who you luckily re-signed. And it's carried the load since Chubb went down. So this shows you where the team is. It's the next man up mentality. And I don't think most of the NFL expected them to have that mentality going into the season, even with everything that's going on as far as COVID is concerned. You hate to see a team who is literally playing like they have nothing to lose. And it shows on the scoreboard. I mean, they just put 40, 49 on Dallas a couple weeks back. and Nobody expected them to beat Dallas.
2: Yeah, that's that's very true. I mean, they're surprising us left and right, shattering, uh, getting the monkeys off the back, if you will, um, of decades past. Where you're seeing things that you haven't seen in decades, or even at least for this new era since '99. I mean, they haven't won in Heinz Field since 2003. First off, um, and like you were saying, 30 plus points per game on average. I don't think that has been done since maybe even like the 60s.
3: I would say the late 80s with Brian Seid okay. at, at the helm. I, I don't have my notes on hand, but, uh, you know, the cardiac kids were a high scoring team. When Bernie got yeah. there, we were a high scoring team. So, you know, we haven't seen the Browns score that many points since that era. And. As a as a Cleveland sports person, I have to appreciate the fact that the the Browns, I think, finally got it right with Stefanski. And I think that Dorsey deserves a lot of credit, too, because he put this team together, you know, signing Odell, grabbing Jarvis Landry, uh, drafting Baker. You know, he put pieces in place to where whoever was the head coach, all you had to do was just get them to jail. And as you can see, week to week, the Browns are actually gelling, especially on defense. Like, granted, yes, the Browns have the almost worst passing defense, but you have to understand they also have the best run defense, so you can give a little bit. And I think that, you know, having Miles Garrett, having the front seven that they have, because the front seven is very underrated. So having the front seven that they have is just a blessing in disguise because now you don't have to put so much pressure on your secondary Like You saw against the Colts last week, um, Ronnie Harrison grabs a pick six. And for those of you that are listening, here's a stat line for you. Phillip Rivers didn't throw a touchdown in that game last week. They held him to no touchdown passes. Their biggest play came off of a kickoff return. So, you know, take, take in consideration what the defense is really bringing to the table for the Browns. And once you put that together with the offense, like I said, this team is scary. And I hate to see what happens and what they look like towards the end of the season going into the playoffs. They might be the hottest team going into the playoffs.
1: I hope so. I hope so. I also hope that, um, and, and, and some of the media is starting to come around a little bit, but like I guess it comes with the stigma of being a perennial loser, but you don't hear as many people saying the Browns are on the come up as they were saying all oh, the Cowboys are their defense is trash. And then last week, it's oh the Colts could be so much better if uh, Philip Rivers wasn't playing the way he was. More so than wow, I can't believe you know the Browns are are out here you know trashing these guys. But I don't know, like I said it might be um, a part of being a a year after year loser, but I am hoping. You know, especially if they pull out the dub this week, that, that just about everyone's like, damn, um, you know, Cleveland's uh, legit for real.
3: Well, see, here's the thing. And, and this this is what I want people. I've, I've tried to explain this to so many friends of mine who are, you know, just so pessimistic. But here's the thing people have to understand. Yes, the Browns left. Yes, they came back. But when they came back in 99, let's start there. They were an expansion team. There's no way. There's no other way to put it The Brown. Like you can't just separate the two. The Browns were an expansion team. You basically rebuilt this team from the bottom up. You were going to get, you know, bad years. They're not going to be bad forever. They weren't going to be bad forever. You saw that in 2007 when they went 10 and 6, barely missing the playoffs. And you fast forward to now, you you see it. They they worked hard. The team itself has worked hard on the field and. To your comment about, you know, Phillip Rivers playing, but Phillip Rivers did not play a bad game. They held this man to under 250 yards when, in actuality, Phillip Rivers' lifetime average passing has been 250 yards a game. They had him at 247. Um, And not only that, the Colts came in with the league's number one overall defense. So it wasn't like there was a bad game. The team, the, the Browns themselves, and Kevin Stefanski just had a better game plan. You know, you know Philip Rivers is immobile. Go after him. That's all you have to do. You have the sixth best rushing defense in the league. All you do stop the run and go after Philip Rivers. That, that's not a hard game plan defensively. And offensively, you know, you looked at Baker. Baker, Baker made plays. And you know Stefanski and the rest of the coaching staff to their credit they had a hell of a plan they knew the colts were suspect um against the play action every other play was a play action pass or a play action you know setup so i don't i don't get where that stigma comes from that the, the colts didn't play good or whatever the case is because like i said the colts came in with the number 1 defense and arguably one of the best passers of this era in Philip Rivers. And they held that man to 247 yards, no touchdowns, and generated 32 points. What else do you want from him?
2: (laughs) Right. I mean, it doesn't always look pretty, but as long as it equivalates and wins. And the thing is that this is different and very different for Browns fans to see that this team is actually learning from their mistakes, but learning from wins as opposed to learning from their losses. Um, not just building off each week on moral victories, but actual victories. And that's what we like to see here in Cleveland. Um, another thing would be is that I feel almost as if we're like a year behind because you think Kevin Stefanski was in the running to be coach instead of Freddie Kitchens. They were kind of neck and neck. Those were the final two. Freddie Kitchens ends up getting the job unfortunately and all you saw that offense do was have a 15 play script and it was just I don't know what the hell is going on after that. It wasn't like an NFL team for sure. But now you have more of a game plan as opposed to a game script and you see the adjustments being made on both sides of the ball and it's it's just a work of art something that's just hasn't been seen by Cleveland fans in over decades. So it's uh it's a great great to see and I just hope it keeps continuing as the schedule keeps getting easier, especially after this Pittsburgh game.
3: Well, yeah, like, I, well, people got to understand this too um, in in the NFL and, and as well as college. Most of the first fifteen plays are scripted anyway. There's no secret to that. the really? the The thing about it is, most people have to understand that those fifteen plays are scripted for a reason, and that reason is to see what these other guys are doing against. Our script. So, you know, like I said, Kevin Stefanski has a great offensive mind. He's he's the the nicer Josh McDaniels, if you want to call him that. I won't say he is, but he's a nicer guy. Um, and when you watch these scripted plays, these aren't ordinary scripted plays. These are more like these are plays that are gonna work, you know. And then from there, I think Stefanski is just one of those guys who says, okay now i can open it up and see if you can stop it and it's worked he's game planned literally against every team they've played so far i can only imagine what that playbook is going to look like on sunday when the browns get the fir- first crack at the steelers or whoever gets the ball first i'm excited you know like i said being a steelers fan i grew up here but i grew up a steelers fan so i I knew the stigma for the Steelers. I also knew the stigma for the Browns. And the difference between the Browns in the 90s and the Browns now is that these Browns are playing so much more relaxed and having fun. And that's the scary part. When a team's having fun, it's hard to stop them. If you look, you look at Kansas City, they went 14 and 2 last year. They were dangerous when they had fun, getting turnovers, scoring on big plays. This is I'm not going to say it's the same, but when you see the Browns having fun, you know, that's not a game you want to play because that 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 scoreboard can jump from seven to forty five in a heartbeat. And I don't think the Steelers quite grasp that yet because, you know, the Steelers have not been tested. Call it what it is. Everybody on the Steelers schedule has a combined record of like what is Three fifteen and two or something like that, and the Browns have a, a, a combined opponent record that's close to five hundred. So I'm I'm close to I'm close to saying that I want to say the Browns might blow the Steelers out, but knowing the Steelers defense, is going to look like you know Ben has to pull a rabbit out, but I don't think he's got enough in the in his hat to. To keep Miles Garrett off his butt because Miles Garrett, he's been wrecking, he's been wrecking havoc all over the league. Man. Everybody he's played against, he's got a sack. And he just shattered uh, Michael Dean Perry's record last, against the Colts last week for most sacks in his first two, three, two or three seasons. So, you know, he's on pace to be among, if not the league leader at sacks. This guy is scary.
1: Hundred uh, percent. I'm excited. He's he's definitely leveled up. He's uh, pretty close to being up there with you know the Aaron Donalds of the world. He uh, would still be leading the league, you know, in sacks right now. If, if Aaron Donald didn't go crazy last week for four sacks, that that dude is an animal. But um, Romel, before we get out of here, I got two questions for you. Um, one real quick since you uh, revealed that you're a Steelers fan. Um, were you one of the guys? Because I kind of was surprised to see a lot of Pittsburgh fans. Or hoping that Le'Veon Bell was going to come back home, quote unquote. And then um, I just wanted to see if you give us a quick, uh, you know, score uh, of what you think the game or the score will be this upcoming Sunday between the Browns and the Steelers.
3: Okay. Um, First off, no, I did not expect Le'Veon Bell to come back because, like I said, well, I didn't say this publicly, but I'm saying it publicly now. But Le'Veon Bell does not need to be back in the Steelers uniform. He's too much of a head case. You know, you've got a good thing as a Steeler part of a Steelers nation, you have a good thing in Benny Snell and James Conner. Yes, they are traditionally smaller backs, but they get the job done. You know, that's all you ask your running back. Take care of the ball, you know, do what you can. And for those, you know, that are going to watch them, the Steelers have a great screen game. They do. There's no secret to that. So, no, Le'Veon Bill, I did not expect him to come back, especially for the money he was probably going to ask for. Um. Whoever he went to, which obviously ended up being the Chiefs, he needed a team more than the team needed him, especially at this point in his career. Am I bummed about him not being in a Steelers uniform? No, not at all. And um, as far as the score goes, I made this prediction. I'll make it again. I really see this being a shootout, and I'm going with the Browns 38-31, unless There is a defensive struggle and it becomes a a matter of ball control because uh, the best part of watching the Browns-Colts game was that the Colts did not have many chances to get on the field offensively. The Browns led the the game in uh, time of possession. So if the Browns have to go back to that, I think they beat the Steelers in a defensive struggle. But, you know, if it turns into a shootout, I honestly have to go with. The Browns on this one because there's too many offensive weapons with Odell, Jarvis, Majoku, Hooper, and then you got uh Kareem Hunt coming out of the backfield with those other two younger running backs. This it's just too much for the Steelers to handle. And on top of that, the Steelers have a very old offensive line and a very old quarterback. So you add that together and it looks like this could be a Browns win. And I actually am sticking with that 38, 31 in a shootout or 24 to 14, if it
2: turns into a defensive struggle. So either way, it looks like a Browns win in our, in your books.
3: Yeah, it, it, it is. I predict that because like I said, it's too much going against the Steelers and I don't think the Steelers have, I don't think the Steelers have enough. I don't, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. It's, this, you got you to gotta deal with too much against the Browns. You have to deal with way too much, and the only team that was able to handle it was Baltimore because, you know, that was one of those we caught you slipping type of things. But I think round two with Baltimore is going to be a different story. Just like I think the game in Pittsburgh for the Steelers is going to be tougher than to overcome.
2: I'm waiting for them to flip the switch here and like not only get up big but don't let them come back and give us heart attacks in the fourth quarter like they have been the past couple of weeks. I want them to step on the throat, no mercy, don't give up, just run the clock out and let's get out of there with a W. Um, Now, Romel, uh, before we send you off, I would love just for you to plug in your socials. Where can the listeners follow you to get um, anything as far as like any Cleveland sports talk, um, articles that you've been uh, publishing, anything like that?
3: Um, yeah, I usually do the recaps for the Browns games. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at MelSB12. Um, you can also follow our podcast, Fourth and 15 with Mel and Smooth on Facebook and our YouTube channel of the same name. Uh, that's pretty much all my social media. So I don't, I'm not a big social media head. So uh, just hit us up there. Hit us up there, MelSB12 on Twitter. Fourth uh, and 15, we air on Sunday nights. Uh, Our live stream shows are usually at 8 p.m. Our audio only shows drop Monday at 12 p.m. noon. So, you know, you also catch when I post um, or when my articles are published for Cleveland Sports Talk. I'm just trying to be out here producing good quality content. That's all it is.
2: Well, we appreciate you here from TSP uh, for giving us a moment of your time, Uh, Romel. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Go Browns, as always. I know you're a Pittsburgh fan, but go Browns. And uh, have a great week, my man.
3: I th- thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Take care, guys.
2: We'll see you, man. Thanks a lot. There you have it. Ramel Thorpe, sports writer, Cleveland sports writer. That is for Cleveland Sports Talk. You can follow them on Twitter at CLE Sports Talk and follow Ramel at M-E-L-S-B-12. For all the latest of his articles in Cleveland Sports Talk. Bobby, that was actually uh, kind of fun getting a third party that we both uh, didn't know as far as like growing up with. Normally our guests are like people, friends, and um, what you have is as far as like having a history with them. Uh, This was kind of first picking the brain of someone we have not met before.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. I liked it. Um, I'm sure, like I said, if you're not a real Browns fan or football fan, you know, the first. Twenty five minutes might not be, uh, you know, for you. But if uh, you like football and you're you're a Cleveland fan, like Dylan and I myself, I think you'll really uh, get a kick out of that. It's it's actually really interesting to see somebody that is a Steelers fan um, write for Cleveland sports. But I guess you know you got to get in where you fit in. Uh, That'd be a kind of behind enemy enemy lines kind of deal. I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure that happens a lot more
2: though, like than we think, especially probably in like national media.
1: Yeah, but um, we're gonna keep trying to you know line some people up that uh, you know we we don't know them personally. Uh, I you know I shot a full court heave on uh, somebody from Barstool, and they they seen the message in the DMs, but they didn't reply unfortunately. So uh, maybe something something crazy will happen. They'll go back to it and say yes, or maybe they'll shoot me a a formal uh email or something i need to go through first who knows but um the fact that like it'll even read it is a, is a good thing
2: worst case scenario for them really it would just be a waste of their time i mean i don't see hopping on the podcast ever hurting them reputation wise or anything like that but i if anything the worst case is going to just be a waste of your time uh but i hope that is only the worst case so if that is the worst case that's fine with me um but you know, we're just trying to get the, the guest out there. And if you know someone that wants to uh, be a guest or have an opinion on something, like we just want to talk shop, um, this is our platform. We want to make it your platform as well. But some personal news I wanted to get on to this episode, Bobby. As you know, I am moving back to Ohio and we're in this process now of uh, getting the house or not getting the house. I shouldn't say that. Um, getting a house and you you dipped your toes in that pool, Bobby, and you know how nerve wracking it can definitely get. And uh, you're starting to feel the heat, especially the closer the date is, as far as our departure from Florida is getting. And uh, at this point in time, we got approved for a uh, VA loan and uh, the interest rate is absolutely great. I didn't imagine it to be that low. Uh, it was like, what, 2.6? I don't know how that is to compare um, to what other mortgages are going for, because obviously I've never even dipped my feet in real estate world ever. So, thank God uh Sandy's helping me out and that's Alex Travers' mom. Alex Travers been on a couple episodes in the past. Uh so shout out to him. But anyways, long story short, we have narrowed our decisions down to two houses and we we basically have a number one. And the number one um my mom and the realtor are going to go to the house to walk through it um in person so they can be like basically our um our senses because Oddly enough, I want to know all the senses there. I want to know what the air smells like there, you know, inside the house. It's not all about the looks. It's about the, the air you're going to be breathing in, you know, kind of like when you're buying a car. You don't want to buy a car that a previous like smoker just smoked in it. And you just smell like a fucking ashtray every time you're driving everywhere. Don't want that. So hopefully it's not uh, that bad, but it's, it's a beauty. Uh, nice little over half acre lot. And goes down to like backyard and has like a creek and shit, so I'll have to show you some pictures, Bobby, but I don't wanna like I don't wanna basically like post on it or anything until we have an offer put in so hopefully, if there's no red flags, we're gonna put an offer on that house, and uh I'll be moving back to Ohio this early december baby
1: so so obviously you're not flying back to do like walkthroughs and shit, so I mean, how's that gonna work so my mom you got, and you got like a family member,
2: yeah. Yeah. So my mom, Jen's mom, and the realtor, which is my mom's friend anyways, Alex's mom, and are going to go down there, walk through there uh, for us. We'll be on a uh, video call as well while they're going through it so they can show us everything that they're seeing and uh, point out things that may be red flags that we can't see during the virtual tour, aka photos as well. Um, they're going to basically get it all. Um, like I said, collect those other senses as well. Like fucking how does the house smell? It's like, smell like fucking asbestos is in the ceiling um is it up to code um because you never know like what these pictures when the when the picture was actually taken all that kind of stuff so you just want to make sure that you're you're seeing you're getting what you're seeing basically so they're going to do that for us it's about a two and a half hour drive from perrysburg the heart of perrysburg so it's actually not too bad
1: that's what's up man um that was good I, I was wondering how that would work because it'd be kind have a of a to buy a house. Uh, not really knowing shit other than what you see on pictures. So that's good that you got the parents coming through and making sure everything's on the uh, up yep. and up. But it's exciting. Yeah, man. That's
2: scene. Uh, can't do it.
1: That'll be big. Um, I'm looking forward to having you guys back here and, and definitely looking forward to whenever you guys have the, uh, the housewarming party, man, we'll have to bring some of the past TSP guests, friends, you know, quarantine crew. Whoever take a little ride out and uh, check the spot out, man.
2: Yeah. I'm definitely hoping to plan something. If it's not going to be considered a housewarming party, I'm sure, but I want to get some guys together, a couple brews, a couple bros and watch the Monday night showdown in Cleveland. Um, against the Ravens, which I'm assuming it's going to be a large game. It's going me. I'm fucking December 14th. It's like week 13 or something like that. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's going to be another big one.
1: Another big one. Indeed um hopefully you'll be you'll be around in time for that monday nighter man that's what i'm saying uh, oh yeah okay because i know i know i requested the day after that off i might end up fuck around and requesting the day off too you may maybe that'll well, be a weekend i come come you down should come yeah bring some
2: budweiser's or whatever drink of choice uh, we're I'm gonna about to have a heavy yeah
1: yeah and bring oh, your mask bring your mask but no, it's no, I've, I've been on like the Corona. I've been drinking Coronas like they're fucking water lately. <laughs> so corona and really? lime. Really? I can't believe I'd ever fucked that shit before. Corona and lime is just absolutely refreshing. I love that shit. Yeah, it's not bad. It really is not bad. Um, I remember drinking. Gotta button. have the lime, though. I won't. I won't drink without. Gotta have the lime is absolutely essential.
2: Okay, okay. I'm. I'm still more of a liquor guy. I'm still more of a liquor guy.
1: I can't, I can't do it. So that. I'm going to try to get,
2: yeah, I'm going to try to get Ian over,
1: Charlie come over, Bobby, what's up? It's going to be good. Fro- and, you, and you're going to be in my country again, baby. So that means frozen patties. Let's go. Let's do it upright. Because oh, if I'm coming through, a, it's got to be a legitimate DLO experience. experience. So.
2: Yep. I'm going to go to Home Depot as well. One of my first um, DIY projects for the house. Um, It's going to probably be building my uh, home studio. So I'm going to build like a podcast table that I can be comfortably podcasting at, have guests across the table if need be or whenever it happens. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be good. Soundproof it, all that stuff. Damn. So DILF Studios 2.0 is going to be something something special, sounds like. I'm hoping so. Maybe if I can get my tabletop to be, uh, what do you call it, branded? Maybe we have to get with our one of our past guests we had
1: simply yeah, style um but cool yeah all right then i'll i'll, I'll uh, probably go ahead and, and see if i can get the actual monday off too and then i can fuck around come through on a fucking saturday afternoon and rock out till tuesday but then you'd have to get make sure you get uh those days off too man that might be tough if you're i might not you have, a job. I have a job started a job yeah
2: I might <laughs> not have a job. They might make me quarantine coming from Florida. Um, I probably like looked at like a scum of the earth from Ohioans. So we're going to quarantine for like 14 days. So we plan on moving the Saturday, first Saturday of December, which is going to be at the fifth. So hopefully arriving into Ohio the morning of the sixth Sunday, and uh yeah hopefully get everything set up so i'm gonna have to get like make sure i have internet at the house prior get all that set up i don't know man it's gonna be tough might have to watch the browns game on my phone or make a quick uh quick trip up to toledo
1: (laughs) well Dayton's gonna have plenty of sports bars
2: yeah i'm just usually i i don't usually do that though i don't like going to watch sporting events at bars i don't know
1: well, not bars, but like beat up, like a beat ups type spot.
2: That's possible. I know uh, it, the area. I want to go to Beaver Creek. I find myself going to Beaver Creek, which is a couple towns over from where this house that we're looking at is at. Beaver Creek, man, they have a beautiful mall. They have a cheesecake factory. They got, th- they got the works, man.
1: That's where I got to go when I come through. I've never been to a cheesecake factory. Yeah, I'll Still have to see not. where it's at as far as
2: located from my house. It's probably within thirty uh, minutes
1: for sure. But I was chilling yesterday, and I got a text from from Allergy Young Bump, and he told me, "Hey man, you need to pre-order COD, Cold War. I think it's what it, Call of Duty Cold War is. That's I think that's the name. And uh, get get going on this beta. He said it's fucking legit. He said Team Deathmatch is back. I'm not quite sure what that means, but um, it's been there. I think you might talk me into it, man. Your boy might be dusting off the controller this weekend and um see what's going on over there on that side. I guess um you got if you pay 10 extra dollars, you get the cross platform the next generation some shit like so if you buy the game for Xbox, uh you you already have the the um the code to download it for when you get the Xbox uh whatever the fuck it is um the new gen so that's kind of cool rather than you know what i've had to do with gta three times pay for it full price so that, i mean that's kind of tight just pay the 10 extra so i think that's what i'll do because obviously i do plan on getting the next gen um asap so uh yeah man you might be catching me on, on the xbox this weekend doing some things get my ass beat go. probably but
2: i'm gonna wait for my text to download anything
1: the way you just were told man on the air well, i don't
2: i don't know man i don't know why i'm going to get the new next gen i don't know especially with all these moving expenses it might not be until january that i get the next gen so but then again it's, well, other it's other you can't get the game.
1: game yeah because yep. are you going to want to pay sixty for just the Xbox One version now, and then sixty more dollars later, or you want to pay seventy to be able to play it on both? Right. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: So, so it's yeah. just the beta right now. Well, I'm not, like, it's,
1: one, it's going to be tough to get the fucker in general, and two, I mean, yeah, I mean, who knows? Uh, after Christmas and all kinds of shit, what's going on? What kind of mo- you know what the money situation is going to be like? to just shell out whatever it was a 5 600 bucks for the motherfucker but like I said I I'd, I'd rather rather than paying 120 uh, buying the fucker twice you pay 70 once you can uh have it for both so I like it's it It's like paying for it 35 bucks a piece
2: You know what I might do that. Just got paid, why not?
1: That's what I'm saying then we'll be on the beta and and uh, you know we'll get to rocking. What are you doing?
2: What are you do? did you already buy
1: it? Did you already download it? No, I got it. I haven't even like turned my fucking Xbox on in months. So I got to get that on. I'm sure there's a system update waiting for me. And um I might do it tonight I'm then. i probably going to have to move some shit around. Because uh bye bye Madden. <laughs> yo, yeah, men's I mean yeah, for sure that's gone. Well, hopefully I got enough room for this beta. I'm gonna assume it's probably 30-40 gigs just the beta. I got 200 just fucking sitting there, which I'm going to have to at least keep until this Cold War does drop legit. Because who knows, man? Maybe I will throw a couple of, uh, you know, war zones up. Who knows, man? But either way, I think, I, th- I think, I think your boy's back. He took a little hiatus from the box. But uh, the bump, man, the bump came through and, and, you know, whispered some sweet nothings in my ear. And I think I'm ready to, uh, you know. Unretire. I took a unofficially I unofficially retired and now I'm unofficially unretiring. It's all unofficial.
2: Far right, Favre of gaming. Let's
1: go. Yeah. Uh minus the dick pics to female uh workers.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah.
1: Uh Brett you right Favre, You'd think he would have a hog, but he doesn't. He doesn't man he actually had a small dick, but what were we saying? yeah I was just gonna say I might download I might download it tonight then I mean I have these three day
2: weekends out the wazoo so I'll be fucking next weekend's four day then the weekend after that's four day back to back four days just because I got, um, got
1: three day weekend the the Friday before Halloween so I got that look I'm looking forward to <laughs> so and um yeah, man, that's what's going on. I um I think after we get done um recording, I think we gotta make it happen, man. You know?
2: That's probably what I'm gonna do. See what it does. Are you going to bed early tonight? If not, download the bitch and let's let's experience Cold War together.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna see I mean we'll see how big the down if the is not crazy, then yeah, I can probably play a couple I got a big um got a big family trip planned actually this weekend. Oh, wow. uh, for tomorrow, we're going to—I uh I don't know if you ever heard—it's called—it's called Bronners. It's like two hours up in Michigan, Frankenmuth, Michigan. They have the world's largest Christmas store, and um we're gonna take the kids. My parents are coming, and then on the way back, we're gonna hit this place called Tony's on I seventy-five and Birch Run. It's this like famous diner we've been to a couple times, and it's just crazy. The food portions portions are nuts. You get a BLT, and motherfucker comes with bacon. You get a bacon cheeseburger, that motherfucker comes with bacon. Just all the portion sizes are gigantic. And I have been there in probably a decade plus. So I'm looking forward to that. And um I don't know. I, I, I fuck with uh, you know, road trips. Like I guess think either the first or second time we had Joe back, we were talking about just I don't know, I like to drive, man. You know, I have some podcasts or music going and um, I think the kids will really enjoy uh, this place because it's it's gigantic, this Christmas store. And uh, they'll get a kick out of it. Maybe grab a couple ornaments. I'm not. I'm not really one to ever uh, really get into the Christmas spirit in fucking October. <laughs> but um, we didn't really have anything going Halloween. on, so I said, "Fuck it. Why not? We'll do it this week." Because next Saturday is the big fucking UFC car. I'm excited about it. Cannot wait. Justin Gaethje versus Khabib. Um, that's gonna be large. That's gonna be a large one. So, next so yeah, weekend, speaking of UFC, did up.
2: you see that uh, uh, Conor McGregor? It's going to be fighting again in January twenty third. Yep, against Dustin Poirier. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yep. Um,
2: That's exciting to look at, look forward
1: to. A little bit, a little bit. Um, I, I've I've kind of been solid on that guy in the last couple of years. Just the way he just fucking retires, retires, retires. Basically, when he does get things, you know, the the way he wants them to go, and then pops off, but. Um, according to these guys, uh, I think they're doing some, a bunch of money going to go towards charity and, and some other things. So, uh, you know, I tip my hat to those guys. But um, I don't get as excited about counter fights as I would a, a few years ago. Although we did all get together when he faced off against uh, Cowboy Cerrone, and that was a pretty big deal. But um, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if this is going to be through UFC. It, it didn't look like it, according to like the, the fight poster. That he posts on his Instagram. I don't know. Him and Dana always kinda at odds, so I'm not quite sure. But I think if if uh this fight can't go on without his blessing, so he must have uh is either getting a piece of this or um since it's like for charity or whatnot, he's being cool about it. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think uh January at uh Jerry World, I think, if I read right. Yeah, I think that is correct. Um yeah,
2: I'm just we kinda like I mean, he just hasn't been on the UFC scene in a while. Um, and then you kinda uh went your separate ways. You have your own new favorite fighter now. Um and mine in Sugarshawn Sean O'Malley, Uh hopefully he gets back in twenty twenty. He might he might be able to squeeze one more fight in twenty twenty. I know he had that ankle injury, leg injury, but
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh the old D effect on got him heavy, heavy, poor yeah. guy. Yeah speaking of Dylan effect I know uh
2: and speaking of the bump I know he posted that on Twitter uh oh what was, happened yeah there was an ESPN you know uh, pregame <laughs> oh, Sunday yes. early morning stuff you know and uh it, I don't know what it said verbatim whatever the post said I don't even know if it was ESPN could sports Center whatever NFL news outlet. it was legit it said can Kansas City improve to go to five and0 um, against the Uh, Who the fuck did they play? The Raiders. And I just simply, quote, retweeted and said, yes, period. (laughs) Without a doubt, I thought they're just going to improve. They're going to stay undefeated, get past the LV Raiders. And lo and behold, uh, no, that was not the case. It was a fucking riverboat race to, what, 40 to 32 or something like that. Raiders won. Dylan affected. And minutes later, after the game was over, Al let me know that it was definitely, definitely. He just said LOL. And I was like, the Dylan fact, it worked.
1: It worked. Yet again. Damn. So that's why I was wondering. I couldn't believe what was going on between the Raiders and the Chiefs. And the Raiders came through and throttled their ass. But now it all, it all makes sense, man. Wow. It all, what makes,
2: a, it all comes together.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. Holy shit. Yeah. God I don't damn know man. Like just don't, because uh, you haven't, you've, I, th- and i don't know what you've been doing on twitter like i said i have been off uh twitter and facebook so um but as far as you know i know it seems like you haven't been as outspoken about the browns and shit so just keep that rolling hopefully you're not too much on, on twitter cuz obviously it's it's uh benefiting the, the squad this year um keep I that going just tweet what i
2: man. see man I just tweet what i see and mostly what i see in this fucking secondary and i know we got into it uh with Ramel, but the secondary, I mean, it just doesn't translate to TV. It does not translate to TV. Uh, It just it it looks bad on uh, Sandejo's end. Um, I'm not sure if it's busted coverage from someone else, and he's just there to clean it up, and he's just in the right position to clean it up. Maybe he's not that bad after all, but it just seems like... No, no, no,
1: don't. We both both know. We both know. Sandejo fucking sucks. Okay, and and we're in a spot where... There's not really much you can do. You don't want to bring in a fucking cancer like um, Earl uh, fucking, what's his face from the Ravens? Earl Thomas. Thank you. Because he's still there, and obviously no one's touching his ass for good reason. Um, so you're going to kind of take what you got. And it kind of sucks because um, I like red wine. It would have been kind of nice to have him. And then maybe even uh, Ronnie Harrison out there at the same time and let kind of Sandejo maybe play like the third safety and that big dime shit that they want to run or whatnot. But unfortunately, um, that can't be the case. So he makes some plays out there. He's also on special teams, which sucks ass this year, too. So who knows? But I don't know, man. I don't think we're missing too much as far as he goes. I mean, maybe it's not always his fault, but um, he's bad. He's a bad player. He's very much bad.
2: I just want you know he's a brown, so I gotta give him at least some type of benefit of the doubt. He's our guy still. He he wears the stripe on the helmet, so he's one of us. We bleed orange and brown here on TSP, not just green and black. But there's another phenomenal episode here on TSP, episode 85, on this beautiful Sunday. Hopefully the Browns can pull another one out in Heinz Field, Bobby. I really hope so. All Browns nation in the world worldwide know so and want this to happen biggest game of the year must win maybe not must win it's definitely a must win we gotta win this game it's pittsburgh heinz haven't done it since 2003 thank you ramel thorpe for hopping on talking some browns with us we love our browns and it's glad to see even when you're a pittsburgh fan you can find a way to love the browns too and write for this cleveland sports uh, city in general So be sure to go check out him on Twitter, CLE Sports Talk as well. It's been a phenomenal episode. Go Browns. Go TSP. From myself, Bobby, and Romel, have a wonderful week, friends.